Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Iowa, and happy homecoming. Happy homecoming. Happy homecoming? Is that a thing? I think so. It's a happy week. Number two in the nation. 6-0. and Big win over Penn State. Not too shabby. Sounds like a happy homecoming to me. Um, Penn State. You know who wasn't happy? Oh my gosh. He was, was not happy. James Franklin. I know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Um, I feel like if you have to have a five-minute prepared speech that it doesn't look great. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, if you accuse your boyfriend of cheating and he gets super defensive about it, you're like, hold on a second. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Maybe, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Um, it's It just seemed odd to mm-hmm. come back on a Thursday. He does not abide by the 24-hour rule. And when KF was asked about it, he said it was the fans and he felt like the fans, they must have smelled a rat. You know, Joe Clatt brought it up that, oh, the Iowa fans are kind of picking up on this. So my only thing is, you know, Hayden Fry uh, infamously or famously said, and I think I wanted to say it was like 1994 or something, Northwestern came to town and and uh, Iowa beat up on them pretty good. Pat Fitzgerald was on that team. Pat Fitzgerald, that's actually where he broke his ankle. Yeah. I don't know if he stopped playing after that or what it was. I know obviously it was a major injury. Um and a few other guys got hurt. Iowa ended up winning 49 to 16 or something in that range. And Coach Fry met their head coach at midfield and said, hope we didn't beat up your boys too bad. So I would have laughed hysterically had KF pulled that out. <laughs> James Franklin did say it was a very tough game, which it is. It's Big Ten football. I've been injured more than a few times. And you come out for a play or two and you get a stinger and you go back in. And that absolutely could have happened. It's just the timing of theirs seemed a little bit odd. But you'll never know. All we know is that Iowa came away with the win, and that's what matters. You can't you can't get caught up in what other people are saying. That's true. Coach Fry. Legendary. Legendary. Hope we didn't beat up on your boys too bad. That's a good one. Homecoming week. We got a Purdue preview coming your way. Uh, Grand Marshal, Quinn Early. Former Iowa wide receiver. Ayo. So he's going to be at the game. He'll also, I think, be in the parade. It's kind of what the Grand Marshal does there. I don't know what else his duties are. But anyway, played for the Hawks under Coach Rye, as we were just talking about, from 84 to 87, quite a while ago. Then um, played in the NFL for 12 seasons. Which is incredible. Yeah. You know what else is incredible? He still holds the record for the longest catch for Iowa and for the Buffalo Bills. Really? How long do you think it was? 90 plus. 95. 95. 95. Wow. I know. Pretty solid. Yeah, so he'll be there. And uh, happy to have him back, of course, as we are with all of our alumni. And I believe I'll be chatting with him, too, down on the field. So that'll mm-hmm. be fun. A little teaser? Yeah, you know. Um, also, you know who else is going to be in Kinnick? 
Who else is going to be in Connect? Scaring everybody. <laughs> Who? Purdue Pete. Purdue Pete. Dude. I said Penn State's mascot was not great. Purdue Pete, he's got him. He's got him beat by a bit. You would take that old, like, costume yeah. over Purdue Pete. Yes, I would. Purdue wow. Pete's eyes will haunt your dreams. I don't know <laughs> if you've seen him up close. Um, but they they are actually the Boilermakers. They are not the Purdue Pete's. They are the Boilermakers. We all know this. Um, and do you know where that name came from? I don't. I know it has something to do with the train. That's about all I got. Yeah. You're not wrong. Um, but it actually came from an article title from 1891. Okay. Yeah. These mascot things, they go way back. They'll take you for a wild ride. Um, the article title was Slaughter of Innocence, Wabash Snowed Completely Under by the Burly Boilermakers from Purdue. Eesh. That's a heck of a headline, first of all. It's a very long headline. And <laughs> can you imagine if that headline came out these days? Canceled forever. Slaughter of Innocence when talking about a football game? Oh my gosh. Relax. Whoever Absolute wrote this. <laughs> Whoever wrote this, relax. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So, uh, like I said, has a little, I mean, you said, I guess, has a little something to do with trains. So, Purdue students, I guess, were known by other student bodies um, to have a super hands-on educational experience, which included working on, um, like, the maintenance of a real train. And so, since they had, like, big, tough, burly strong guys on the football team i guess people would say that they were recruiting guys off the railroad like straight up off the railroad to play interesting yeah so that's kind of where that came from and then their official mascot again not purdue pete so he's kind of secondary here but their official one is the boilermaker special and that dates back to the 1930s it's their train so they, they have two different things yes they do you have to i i don't know Unless you had somebody dress up in a train costume, it's kind of tough for that to be interactive, like for kids to take pictures with and stuff. But when you go to play at Purdue, I've never been there. They like do the train horn and stuff, don't they? Mm-hmm. Is it a horn? Well, they do a bunch of... Alarm? <laughs> I don't know. A gong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Office reference. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I do. I, I'm pretty sure it's like big drums or something. I thought it was... Oh, they do it. They have the drum. There's a lot going on at Purdue. They're just doing the most. So anyway, that's been uh, the Boilermaker special. They have a bunch of different editions, but that's back to the 1930s. And then Purdue Pete, he came on the scene in 1956. And fitting, you know, I can see your notes right now and it says terrifying. You took the time to just write that out. Yeah. Um, I was kind of hoping for a sketch of Purdue Pete, but I don't see that over there. Uh, Um, It's fitting though, because it's almost Halloween. It is October. True. Trying to be as scary as possible. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what the booing was about versus ah, Penn State. We were all just being ghosts. Trying to scare him away. That makes sense. I think it worked. Anyway, uh, Purdue Pete, he's actually six foot tall, 160 pounds. So Sounds get... like you know, a very frightening fellow. Yeah. You know, you could have been Purdue Pete your I freshman could... year of college. I could have been Purdue Pete. Yes, thanks. 162. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah, crazy. 62, and then I finished the year, I want to say, like, 66. <laughs> Sophomore year, I went to 72. Um, junior year, I went to 83. First senior year, I went to 89. Thanks to my cooking. And then um, my fifth year was, like, over 90, and it shouldn't have been. 
94, I believe. Is yeah, it was up were. there. Anyway, so there you have it. That's where Purdue Pete came from. Crazy. So if, if you're in Kinnick and you can get a good look, do it. He's scary. <laughs> and if you have your kids in Kinnick on Saturday. Keep them away. Shield their eyes. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Purdue is third in the Big Ten West. Uh, head coach Jeff Brom is 3-1 and one versus Iowa. I saw a couple people saying that uh, Brom has has Iowa's number. What do you think about that? Are you, do you, are you referring to the number two? <laughs> number two in the nation? No. Like, like he, you know what I'm trying to say. Yes, I understand the reference. <laughs> uh, yeah, he does a lot of funky stuff defensively, and we'll get into that. Uh, here's one. This is an interesting stat. I actually really was surprised by this one. I don't know if I should be, but Purdue hasn't defeated a top 10 team away from their home field in 48 years. That's a while. That's a long time. Kind of makes you think they're going to really want this one. I know. I don't like it. Anyway, I thought that was an interesting stat. And they've got a loss to Notre Dame and Minnesota Mm -hmm. this season. And I got to see a little bit of both those games. Okay. And speaking of games, Matt, we actually have a new sponsor in the podcast. Yes, we do. Fortuna Cafe. It is a board game cafe. You ever heard of one of those? Uh, not really. Not until now. Not until now. We're big fans of board games. We are. Children at heart. And this is actually the perfect place for a little date night. Maybe you don't want to go sit silently and watch a movie in the theater, which I don't think theaters are really a thing anymore. But a board game cafe. It's the new date night of the uh, 21st century. I love it. I think it's a fantastic idea. It's downtown Iowa City in the Ped Mall. Maybe you're not quite 21, can't hit up the bars, still living in the dorms. Here's a little something for you to do. Go get some refreshments, hang out at Fortuna Cafe, play some board games, make some friends, take your family, whatever it might be, a little date night. Go check them out, Fortuna Cafe, downtown Iowa City. And it's really anything from like long games like Monopoly or shorter games like Candyland, which you and I would stick to Candyland because there's no numbers. True that. Check them out. Fortuna Cafe, downtown Iowa City. So Matt, Purdue likes to throw the ball a lot. A lot, a lot. What do you got on their offense? Well, they don't even know who their main signal caller is. Yeah. Which is odd. I know. For a team that throws as much as they do. So um, Plummer was their starter. He's got seven touchdowns, no interceptions. I okay. didn't see any. I didn't see any fumbles either. So from what I gather, he's seven touchdowns and no turnovers. He's got a decent amount of yards. I'm pretty sure he's still their leading passer. But against Illinois, they pull him. I don't know if he got hurt. I didn't see anything. But they pull him, and Aiden O'Connell comes in. Okay. Aiden O'Connell on his first drive throws an interception. Illinois gets the ball. Purdue gets it back. He throws an interception on his second drive. So you're wondering, why is this dude still in? Third drive, he finally leads him down for a touchdown. Only touchdown of the game. They end up winning 13-9. to So maybe it's just the potential on the back end of what Aiden O'Connell can bring you. But they've both played extensively over the last couple of years. So they're still trying to figure out who their guy is. That's really interesting. Which is tough. Yeah, I feel like it would be um, really frustrating as a fan to watch that and just be like, what are we doing? Why? Why is this happening? Which is really interesting. So as a player... When you've got two different quarterbacks, is it tough when you're switching from one to the other, catching a pass from two different guys? I mean, I feel like it would be kind of frustrating. There's there's some nuances that change between the two. Because you had Bethard and Rudock. 
Well, and even uh, Stanley and Uyghurs, when that battle was going on during camp. Oh, sure. You know, I mean, Stanley would take some of the ones, Uyghurs would take more, some of the ones, and, you know, it was go back and forth. Um, it's it's different. Like, the ball comes out a little differently. Like, with CJ, you knew that thing was humming. <laughs> he usually put it in the right spot. Uh, Jake usually put it in the right spot, but he didn't quite have the zip that CJ did. And you also have to be aware of play styles. CJ is going to take a few more risks. You know, he's willing to trust his arm in a tight window or give you a shot if you're one-on-one on the outside. Um, Or take off running for 30 yards for what? How is he doing that? How is he making people (laughs) miss? you kind of got to turn around and block. (laughs) (laughs) So that, the scramble drill, Jake gave me a shot against Pitt. I still remember that play because that was one of my bigger plays um, when I was younger. Um, it was a deep ball on the left, and you can see KF in the back. Not impressed, just straight face, but it was like my first big catch. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so like CJ was more apt to take risks, but really it comes down to like even cadence. Now, that doesn't affect me. I'm only looking at the football. I try to turn my ears off, as cheesy as that sounds. <laughs> um, try to turn my ears off so that way I don't jump off sides or false start. But the offensive line, I mean, they got to deal with a different a different cadence, a different inflection. You know, quarterbacks try to make it as consistent as possible, and they work on it and things of that nature. But um, it can still come out a little bit different. Or if your set is a little bit longer than this guy, or it's a little bit spaced out, you know, maybe your tackle's jumping off because he hears you go, but it's not snapped because the center doesn't know. Like, I mean, there's just little nuances on that side, but really I just want one guy. I expect whoever's in there to be making the plays, uh, you know, to do their job, whoever's in there. So I guess what you're saying is if O'Connell is in, our DBs could have a good shot at some turnovers. Yeah, he's actually had five interceptions this year okay. and a fumble or two. Then it would might be silly for Purdue to put him in. Um, they, I mean, they're not afraid to throw it. I I can't remember which game it was, but they threw it 51 times. Wow. That's a lot of opportunity for us to make some plays. And I know we can. Um, we all know that they can. Everyone across the nation is talking about them. They're talking about Riley Moss, talking about Hankins. They're the top DBs in the country. Did uh, I see According that? to Pro Football Focus, yeah. Crazy. Uh, obviously, Riley out this weekend, um, unfortunately, but no surgery is what I heard. Mm-hmm. And it's... Again, it's not good, yeah. but the timing of the fact that it's coming off of a bye or going into a bye week helps. Yeah, definitely. Kind of timing with injuries is always something to think about for sure. Um, Terry Roberts, next man in, that next man in mentality. I think I think he's going to show up with a lot of juice. I think he's going to be ready to go. I'm excited to watch him play. I, I'm excited too. You know, one thing that, um, you know, James Franklin, not to bring it back, but was talking about cramps. And usually cramps happen on a, you know, a hotter day or things of that nature. But Terry Roberts now is going to be playing. He's used to, you know, getting his special team snaps, but now he's going to have to get used to playing, you know, maybe 60, 70 plays on defense Mm. on top of that special teams. And another thing too is like normally you think you're like, I would think of myself as a wide receiver and then special teams. I feel like Terry Roberts should think special teams and then defensive back. Yeah. We've seen him catch uh, Tory Roberts punts last. That was last weekend that he caught that one, like right inside the. It was inside the five, inside the that two. That and the uh, um, interception against Maryland. Yeah. He finds a way to be around the football. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I would not be shocked if he goes in and and does a phenomenal job. Yeah, makes some plays. I'm excited to watch him. 
22. One thing that uh, our DBs are also going to have to be ready for are like quick passes. Yeah. And not even so much as like quick slants, but I've seen them throw it to the running backs a lot, just quick flats. We do a lot to our tight ends um, on our offense, and they do it to theirs as well. Their tight end seems to, at least against Minnesota, he was always trying to get the crowd amped. Um, he hurtled over a Minnesota defender, kind of yeah. reminded me of a little bit of TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Um, those darn hurdles. <laughs> Everybody trying to do those these days. So that kind of stuff. Um, they do take their shots. They like to sling it. Like I said, David Bell and Milton Wright. Those are two guys that um, they rely on a lot. So okay. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if they're trying to force the ball there. Yeah. Sometimes I think it can be... Um, tough with those quick passes just boop 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 right down the field and it's a matter of coming up and making sure you make that tackle which we've been pretty good in the open field yeah just Just expect to continue to be yeah i feel like with that kind of stuff though it's like 40 yards later you're like how that what how did you (laughs) that was quick (laughs) uh let's go our offense versus their defense what do you got for me first one uh we gotta take shots uh that's something that uh, minnesota and notre dame both did now, Minnesota connected on a few, you know, trying to take advantage of the DBs. Notre Dame missed a lot in the first half. Like, they probably could have put 30, 40 points on the board in the first half if they really? connect on these deep balls. Yeah. So did they, had they connected with those passes, you feel like they sort of kind of exposed uh, Purdue's DBs? I think so. Yeah. I think that they just lend themselves to, uh, I think DB is one of the physically most difficult positions to play. Um, just because you're always chasing somebody. <laughs> um, but I think this will be a good game for our wide receivers to kind of see how they do against man coverage because they do play a lot. I've seen a lot of cover one. It's where everyone plays man and there's one safety back there. So cover zero means that everybody's man across. There's five eligible receivers. It doesn't matter if you're running backs, tight ends, receivers. It doesn't matter. There are five guys eligible to catch the pass. There's one guy on each of them. And then the other six are blitzing, Hmm. which means that the quarterback and one of the linebackers is even because the five linemen will take five of the blitzers and the quarterback has to beat the one blitzer who's coming free. Um, But Notre Dame hit a quick slant, you know, and there's no safety help. If the DB gets beat, that's it. So he caught a quick slant and ran 45 yards for a touchdown and ended up hitting some gal in the back who was recording on her phone <laughs> behind the field goal post. Oh, no, you hate to see that happen. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's going to be a good test for our receivers to really see how they do against press coverage because we're going to see a lot moving forward. Wisconsin does a good amount. Um, there are physical DBs out there. So I think this is a good test for our receivers getting open against that kind of stuff. Well, and we had talked to you about, well, you had – a couple of weeks back, you had said that our wide receivers need a guy, somebody that's going to step up and say, all right, I'm going to lead this uh, this wide receiver core. I texted you during the Penn State game, and I was like, I think Charlie's trying to be the guy. I really think he's trying to step up. And not to say he's not stepping up or hasn't been trying, but I just feel like he's starting to kind of come into his own and um, uh, take that, that extra step forward, you know, in terms of um, being that leader and being the guy. Uh, I don't know, to kind of take the reins of the wide receiver core. So if we have that opportunity to expose their DBs, I'd like to see Charlie Jones uh, step into that role. And I don't know. I think I I see I see maybe a little bit of you in him. And so I'm like, eh, that's why I have like a go. Let's see it. 
I think he's definitely going to have an opportunity. Yeah. Um, I think Keegan Johnson, obviously against Colorado State, he showed a little boop, boop, some mm-hmm. releases off the line and getting opportunities down the field. I just want to see Spencer rip one. Yeah. I want to know if he can throw the ball 75 in the air. Like, that's what I want to see, you know? Are you laughing because it's a fart reference? <laughs> like, growing up, that's what my brother used to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? I can't wait for Spencer to throw the ball very far. How well, about I'm that? <laughs> so, I grew up with an older brother. I don't know what you want me to say. What do you want me to do? I can't help it. Child still. Anyway, continue. So, that's what I'm looking forward to. I want to really see if we can get rolling there. Um, so I said they do a lot of funky things defensively. They do a lot of things for the defensive fronts, okay. which can kind of play mind games with linemen, receivers, and quarterbacks, really. Um, do you know what like a 4-3 defense, if I were to say they run a 4-3, do you know what that means? Um, doesn't it mean like four guys um, down on the line and then three linebackers? Good job. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. If I were to say that a 3-4, what would you say? Like three guys on the line and then four linebackers are you patronizing me now i'm not i'm not <laughs> but they go from a four three to a three four and it really changes the way the, the offensive line and the receivers look at the mm. look at the scheme okay because we actually count one of the linebackers as a quote-unquote down lineman because it helps with our count on who blitzes and who needs to hot read and how did how, you know who are they working who are the offensive line working towards who are they blading towards all that kind of stuff like it's all incumbent upon Who's a linebacker and who's a down lineman? Okay. So it can really kind of, that's why going against Wisconsin, you know, they're going to run a three, four, so we can prepare for it all week. But Purdue, like in 2017, the first three or four different plays, they came out on a four, three, a three, four. I think they had two down linemen on one. I mean, they really like try to try to play head games. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to try and do that, um, which is where having a, a guy like Tyler Lunderbaum, whom has played a little bit of football. I'm sure he's watched a little bit of tape. Uh, we'll be uh, commanding our guys up front. Another thing they do is they move around. So, you know, if they have two down linemen and they're moving all their linebackers, it confuses our receivers. We've got hot routes for different blitzes. So, like, if these guys blitz, then our receiver knows that they have to fill that spot. But, you know, if they're just standing stagnant, Spencer can look and be like, okay, that guy, number 12, if he blitzes... You need to take his spot kind of thing. And you're like, okay, cool. Well, if they're all moving all around and Spencer goes, well, it's number 12. Well, now it's 60, 54. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then it's going to be the guy that comes from that spot, <laughs> you know? And so it can kind of create head games where are they bringing four? Are they bringing five? Are they bringing six and going cover zero across the board? Or are they only bringing three and they're going to drop eight in coverage and now Spencer has to read it on the fly? So there's going to be a lot of things that they're going to try and play with Spencer's head and uh, Tyler Linderbaum's head. It's going to be a matter of everybody being on the same page. And I mean, that can really get confusing, but I think our guys can handle it. Okay. That's really interesting. I actually really liked that uh, analysis. There's a lot more head games that go on. (laughs) Yeah. It makes me wonder why more teams don't do that. Because we do it. Yeah. Just seems like the right thing to do. Sometimes seems, when you explain things, I'm like, why doesn't everybody do that? Well, it's really funny because like some D linemen cannot hold their water. So like w- what I mean by that is they can't stay as quite composed when they're moving around. And so they know they want to blitz 
And so they never really stand up or they like always have this forward lean as they're going all the way across. Like, Ooh, you don't know when I'm coming. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. Pay attention next time we do that. It's like a third and long kind of thing. Okay. Um, like it, it's just really funny to watch the D line and act like they're not blitzing. Yeah. And then they poker. know they're coming off the ball. It's a bad poker face. <laughs> it really is. It's kind of like me acting like, uh, like I know where Galena is. Oh. Did you know that Galena is actually in Illinois? I did not. So I've actually never been to Galena. Um, and up to this point, I've heard so many people tell me how beautiful it is. You need to go take a little trip. Up to this point in my life, 27 years old, I thought Galena was in Iowa. I'm not joking. I've actually also heard people say that they need to go to Galena. I know. It's beautiful. And I would like to go so I can go to Galena River Wine and Cheese because I'm part of the Cheese of the Month Club and I absolutely love it. I know they have great quality incredible products surprise cheese surprise cheese showing up at my door and here i am thinking it's coming from iowa it's coming from illinois this whole time so thank you for nobody calling me out i appreciate (laughs) you being kind to me but i'm an idiot so anyway (laughs) this whole time i'm thinking anyway galena river wine and cheese we love it i love it i love to go to their website get a little charcuterie board deliver it to my house take it to a family party tailgate whatever it might be galena river wine and cheese.com if you're ever in illinois go visit them they're right uh, as you're coming in as they say the floodgates of galena they are uh, they're right there as you come in so galena river wine and cheese check them out matt it is homecoming week and uh not to just throw another thing in there but we can help you come home you? the bales team can help you come home you could or sell your home yes whether it's commercial residential doesn't matter real estate bales team can help you go to urbanacres.com search for bales bales team we're all there the six of us that can help you because we've been through it and somebody's always around to take care of you there you have it laura what's matt doing these days he's a real estate agent at the bales team at urban acres go check them out urbanacres.com click on the bales team homecoming week i'm so excited Let's 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 make it seven and zero, oh, should we? I'd like to make a statement for sure. All right, Kinnick Stadium. Let's bring that same energy that we brought last week. Sold out crowd. Sold out crowd. Can't wait. It's gonna be fun. Beautiful, perfect, incredible fall weather. Let's roll. Go Hawks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.